It's Wednesday at noon, and you know what that means. It's time for the Economic Warrior. My money. Money. I get money from you. Money in the bank. Young money. Money, 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 money. It's the rich man's blood. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. World-renowned financial advisor and best-selling author Barry James Dyke will arm you with the truth. This is The Economic Warrior. Please note, the opinions expressed on this show are of the individuals who speak them, and not necessarily of Portsmouth Community Radio, its members, or board of trustees. And good afternoon and good morning, everybody. Uh, uh, we have William D. Cohen, I believe, hopefully, uh, on the line from uh, New York. Uh, Bill, uh, William, are you there, sir? I am, sir. Oh, awesome, awesome. Well, um, any event, so thank you so much for uh, being our guest today. And, uh, uh, you know, I've been an admirer of your work. And when you uh, wrote this recent opinion piece in the New York Times, when blue chip companies pile in debt, it's time to worry. Um, <laughs> uh, don't you think it's really important for people to worry about the, the corporate debt situation right now, uh, William? Well, I, I think it's you know important for people to sort of begin to have their uh, antenna up for uh, a, a new risk of a recession slash financial crisis. Uh, obviously, if you're uh, not an investor in corporate debt, uh, which most many people are not, although they may not realize they are if they have uh, money in you know mutual funds or, or pension funds or, or things like that, which uh, tend to invest in corporate debt, or if they're not investors in the stock market, which around half of the country is not. I mean, I could see people thinking that, okay, well, you know, what's he talking about? What's the big deal? But uh, you know, the um, uh, you have to look at this sort of holistically. Uh, if big companies uh, like uh, GE or AT&T uh, or other companies that have piled on the debt in recent years. Uh, can't get access to the capital markets, and if the capital markets begin to freeze up for companies like that, uh, or or just begin to freeze up generally, then 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 there are going to be repercussions, kind of, for the rest of us, whether you invest in those uh, securities or not. It, it, it could mean that it's more difficult to get a mortgage. It's already plenty difficult to get a mortgage. It could be more difficult to get a mortgage. Uh, it could be difficult to get a, a car loan. It could be uh, difficult to get a credit card. Uh, uh, the amount of uh, a capital that you have access to on your credit card could be cut back. The interest rates that you pay, already pay, uh, that are too high on credit cards uh, could go up. Uh, you know, the cost of borrowing for regular Americans uh, could go up. And so, um, you know, these things, you know, aren't just operating in isolation. They're operating as part of a, of, of a whole. And so my point is that uh, uh, a lot of blue-chip companies uh, have uh, been piling up the debt in the last decade, uh, and if there's any hiccups in all of that, uh, you know, which, of course, you know, they'll say a uh, hundred times over that there's no problem, and they can, of course, pay back all the debt that they've uh, taken on, but if there are any hiccups, and, you know, who knows when a hiccup uh, occurs and for what reason, uh, that's going to affect the rest of us. So that was the point of my uh, my piece. Now, now, William, but the debt increase has been massive. It's gone from... Uh, how big has the increase been from 2008 to uh, 
to today, isn't it? It's gone from like five trillion, five to- trillion to almost ten trillion. So it's it's doubled. I mean, and that's frankly not a surprise because uh, basically the Federal Reserve has rewarded uh, companies uh, uh, for taking on more debt because they've kept interest rates so low. So when interest rates are as low as they are and have been uh, for the last uh, ten, you know, eight to ten years, they're they're starting to move up uh, now uh, uh, because the Fed has re- uh, reversed course. But basically, from 2008, after the onset of the financial crisis, until 2016, the Fed was rewarding companies for uh, borrowing a lot of a lot of money, uh, a lot of debt, uh, because interest rates were so low. So. Uh, you know, when you reward people to do that, it's not a surprise that they end up doing just that very thing. Uh, and, you know, as as I said in the piece, you know, it was it's been quite a party, and now it's time. You know, <laughs> the hangover is going to kick in. And, yeah. uh, you know, is is you know human nature being what it is, people love the party, and uh, you know, they come to regret maybe it uh, when it comes time for the hangover. Yeah, because don't you think it? it, it well, it's it's. It's really re- rebooted Wall Street. Uh, I mean, I mean, you're how long were you an investment banker, uh, William? Uh, William Seventeen Vill- years. Seventeen years. Okay, so yeah. if I was a ban- investment banker doing mergers and acquisitions, this with this low, cheap money for essentially money for free, wouldn't these guys be ec- ecstatic about this stuff? I mean, uh, I mean because oh, sure. I mean, Wall Wall Street is. Uh, I mean, the whole look again. You have to look at this holistically. Um, there are a lot of things that happen on Wall Street, you know, and I wrote this book called Why Wall Street Matters yep. uh, a few years ago. Uh, a lot of things that happen on Wall Street that we take for granted and are pretty great, okay? Whether we like it or not, whether we like to admit it or not. I mean, basically, uh, the, the Wall Street's the engine, you know, or as I like to say, the, the left ventricle of capitalism. Without Wall Street doing its thing that we don't even think about on a daily basis, uh, uh, of providing capital to companies all over the world, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, you know, we would not like that kind of world without that happening, and we would be much uh, less uh, free, much uh, more, uh, uh, you know, dependent on what life was probably like in the Middle Ages. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that doesn't mean it does everything right. I mean, and so the Fed, after the financial crisis, which Wall Street caused, by the way. <laughs> Uh, decided that afterwards it needed to bail Wall Street out. And so that's, and again, not necessarily to, to, to help Wall Street, although clearly that did help Wall Street, but the thinking is without Wall Street functioning properly, then Main Street is also not going to function, function properly. So as a first step, and although many people didn't like this and it irritated many people, uh, uh, you know, well, let's fix Wall Street and then uh, down the road uh, Main Street will uh, recover too. And I don't know whether that's happened or not. I mean, if you listen to, to, to Trump, you know, the best economy ever. I'm not exactly sure that's true, but, uh, you know, uh, clearly Wall Street's back on its feet in a big way, and banks, our big banks are back on their feet in a big way, and I think that that's probably uh, inuring uh, to some degree to the benefit of the American people, but uh, probably not as much as uh, Donald Trump would like us to believe. Well, yeah, but the other hand, uh, Bill, you, you, we have we have uh, uh, banks like Deutsche Bank, um, which has been— uh, Well, that's see, not an American bank. Yeah, I know. So, but yes. But they do a lot of business with American private equity firms, a lot of American 
finance, but uh, um, so, but that you know, but, but we're, they're all interconnected now, uh, William. You know, uh, and like during the financial crisis now, and um, uh, but um, could you tell our audience how? Um, and I, I, I didn't understand this at all, but I understand it now. But how? The, the taxpayers subsidize the debt. Um, for instance, I'll give you a great example. You mentioned AT and T, which has like roughly 180 billion in uh, corporate debt on its balance sheet, something like that, and they're paying 6.3 billion dollars a year in interest. That's a lot of uh, big, as they would say. <laughs> um, how does the taxpayer subsidize that? Well, basically, the ta- the tax code um, makes interest payments on debt tax deductible uh, from corporate earnings, from corporate pre-tax earnings. So uh, as a result of that, you know, unlike dividends, which are used with uh, after-tax, paid with after-tax money, uh, uh, interest is interest on debt is tax deductible. So uh, that reduces uh, the uh, uh, pre-tax income of a company, which reduces, therefore, the amount of taxes that a company pays. Uh, and you combine that, of course, with the fact that uh, uh, we have this lower corporate tax rate going from 35 to 21 uh, percent, and so corporations all over America are paying less in taxes than they used to, uh, and cor- companies that uh, have loaded up on debt and therefore can deduct interest expense from uh, their uh, 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 pre-tax income, in effect, uh, they are paying uh, less taxes, uh, uh, fewer taxes too. So, uh, you know, it's just a, I guess, a quirk of the tax code that rewards uh, a borrowing as opposed to uh, equity, and uh, you know, bar- financing with with debt as opposed to financing with equity. Uh, I'm not sure why exactly that came about. Uh, you know, it's like the mortgage, uh, uh, the deductibility of interest on 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 your mortgage. Uh, that's also deductible, although. Thanks to Trump, that has been capped, uh, in, in, uh, uh, where, and it hurts people in high-tax uh, states, uh, like where I live in New York, uh, probably not so much in New Hampshire. Uh, but, uh, you know, why are these quirks in the tax code? I, I couldn't really tell you. I don't know why they are maintained, but try getting rid of them, and you'll see all hell break loose. So they're not going to go away. Yeah, because I'm I'm a simple guy, Bill. I like to I just I see the da- the down. Da- I just look at it this way, you know. If, if if a person puts too much debt in their balance, personal balance sheet, or or a family does, or a, a business does, eventually it doesn't end well. I'm just saying, if you study history, it doesn't end well. And you know, so um, I I look at the you know the u- private equity use of debt, and I look at these bankruptcies, uh, uh, Bill. Uh, Toys R Us, iHeartRadio, Sears, who you wrote that great article about Eddie Lampert, um, you know, HCR, Manicare, Philadelphia Energy. So season, many. There's so many of I mean, these and are— Potentially AT&T and GE, potentially. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's—I mean, are people really—I mean, Bill, you have a better insider perspective on this. I mean, you you write for Bloomberg, Vanity Fair— um, it is a great piece in the Times. Okay, uh, you have as much profile on this as anybody. Do people really understand the magnitude of, of these explosions with debt? Uh, no, uh, of course they don't, unless they've, as you say, borrowed too much uh, for themselves. Uh, I think that's. I mean, it's clearly what was going on leading up to 2008. I think 
people generally, uh, you know, have reduced the amount of of their borrowings on a on a personal household level in the last uh, ten years. Uh, but you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, debt is relentless, uh, Barry. I mean, there's you know, there's no uh, forgiving it. There's no kind of getting away from it. Uh, if you, uh, you know, uh, borrow money, you know, is uh, I don't know. Shakespeare said, "Neither a borrower Led nor a lender be." be. Mm-hmm. I mean, so uh, uh, personally, uh, I have uh, close to zero uh, uh, personal household debt, and that's the way I like it. I, I mean, I pay my bills, you know, immediately, and but you know, uh, and I don't have any debt, and uh, you know, I. I don't think I'd want to live any other way. I don't want somebody having a claim on my comings and goings and my assets. And I think that's just prudent uh, uh, personal finance. Uh, but, uh, you know, not everybody can operate like that. And, and you know, uh, and, you know, corporations, of course, could operate that way, but they have chosen to, uh, you know, increase the amount of leverage that they have in part because, uh, debt is cheaper than uh, equity, yeah. uh, and the Fed has, uh, until it's not, and the Fed has encouraged uh, peop- uh, corporations to borrow because of the low interest rates that they have kept uh, on on borrowing for you know a, you know since between between 2008 and 2016. And so again, I mean, people are simple; they do what they're rewarded to do, and. Uh, Corporations apparently are people now, according to the Supreme Court, and they have uh, uh, decided to, you know, really load up on the debt. But you know, debt is unforgiving; it's relentless. I mean, you can choose to not pay it off, uh, and then basically you're turning the keys to the company over to the creditors, and uh, and that's uh, always an uh, interesting uh, dynamic, uh, uh, and an important part of uh, capitalism is bankruptcy, but. Uh, you know, if you're responsible, you should not do that. You should not, uh, you know, take on more debt than you can reasonably expect uh, to pay back, either personally or in a corporate setting. Yeah, yeah. and thank you. And Bill, just because I, I look at it this way, I mean, it, it, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure this out. I mean, student loan debt's gone from like a half, half a trillion or 500 billion in 2008 to I don't know, 1.52, 1.52 trillion. I, I recently, I mean, uh, I think a lot of the it's it's almost kind of like the new slavery of debt. I mean, um, uh, I don't know, but uh, do, I don't you see my my when you wrote the, wrote that article, uh, Bill, which I said, boy, it seems to be the corporate debt may be the new subprime. Uh, 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 well, it, it could be. It could it could it could be, and. Um you know, a lot of this corporate debt now uh, is packaged up the way subprime was packaged up and, and sent around the world as, uh, you know, good money, good investments. And, uh, you know, if that begins to falter, well, then, as we, you know, as we discussed at the beginning of the show, uh, uh, you know, you have to look at this holistically. Uh, if, if investors who had been buying corporate loans uh, or, or, uh, uh, debt that uh, has been mispriced and risk that has been mispriced. Uh, and that starts coming a cropper, as it did with Toys R Us and Sears and and other these big companies. Uh, then, you know, I mean, the Toys R Us debt was trading, 
you know, near 100 cents on the dollar, uh, like a few weeks before. The next thing you know, it filed for bankruptcy, and now it trades for pennies on the dollar. That is, you know, real loss that uh, investors are not going to recover. Uh, Toys R Us is being liquidated. That is real loss that uh, uh, investors who invested in that Toys R Us, billions of dollars, by the way, is lost. So uh, all that needs to do is happen, you know, a few more times, and it probably will. Uh, uh, And, you know, you begin to have a real uh, uh, effect on the ability uh, of markets uh, and investors to want to borrow money and invest in, in these kinds of securities. And when that begins to happen, then then the capital markets close down, and that trickles down to the rest of us, and we can't get the capital that we want to do the things that we take for granted. Yeah, and I don't know um, uh, if you're still associated with Bloomberg. You've, you've written for Bloomberg over the years, but there was a great piece. No, no longer, yeah. Uh, but there was a great piece co- uh, done by, I forget who wrote it. It was called The Titans of Junk. And, um, and you know, it, so a lot of this stuff is really – to the common eye, uh, Bill, you would never know if you owned uh, uh, these, uh, even these leveraged loans. Am I correct? Now you're an old M&A guy. Are leveraged loans are not considered even securities? Am I correct? But they're still packaged, packaged in loan funds. Are they? Yeah, they're pack- they, they, well, they come from banks, uh, so they don't have to be, uh, you know, opined on uh, by the uh, Securities Exchange Commission. But then they're packaged up into what's called collateralized loan obligations. CLOs, and uh, they're sold off to investors who come in and buy these things and thinking they're, you know, great. And, uh, you know, they get a little more yield, and uh, uh, but they've got a lot less, uh, they're, 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 they're plenty more risky, and uh, they don't have the covenants that they used to have. And again, I think there's a lot of risk. I mean, now close to 80% of the loans that are being uh, issued now to corporations are what's called covenant light, which means they don't have protection uh, for uh, the investors who invest in these loans. And you got to wonder why they do that, why people do that in exchange for uh, you know a few more points of, of yield or interest. I mean, uh, uh, you know, people lose, you know, forget. I mean, 10 years, I guess, is a long time uh, to remember <laughs> Not for me, but apparently for, for, for other people, it's uh, a long time for people to remember what happened 10 years ago, and they lose their minds and they forget, and all they care about is is getting yield, and uh, it's uh, hard to find yield in a low-interest rate environment, and so they start reaching for yield, what I call the yield hunger games, and <laughs> you know they take these crazy risks. Yeah, what did Benjamin Graham say? Who is he? Who, he was like the, he's kind of like the the uh, god of Wall Street. He said Wall Street people uh, learn nothing, forget everything, or something. Something I don't know if you know of that quote, but it, it almost seems like didn't we just see this movie uh, not that long ago, about a decade ago? And it, and, yeah. and and when you wrote this article, I said, "Holy moly!" Because I've been following this this Covenant Light, and 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 Bill, I did not know that was eighty percent of these no, loans are Covenant Light. Now, I had I had no clue. Thank well, you. I mean, I mean, nor would you. You're not probably not a corporation looking to borrow uh, a, have a loan. Uh, you're not investing in collateralized loan obligations. Uh, but that doesn't mean that uh, there aren't corporations who are uh, you know uh, borrowing money on a covenant light basis and then uh, packaging up 
this, these loans are then packaged up and sold to investors uh, who just don't have the protections that they used to have. And uh, again, I don't know why they do this. They get a few more points of, of yield, and they think that's great, and it's a risk-reward ratio they're willing to take. And I guess everything's great as long as nothing goes wrong. And then when things start going wrong, then they scratch their head and wonder, huh, why did I do that? <laughs> It, but it's just not a, just an American problem, too. I, I you know, because the audience, you know, I have a pretty good audience across the states now, uh, William, and um, it's it's not just a U.S. problem because um, if you look at the Chinese companies, the H and A Group, uh, which was like the insurance conglomerate, uh, mm-hmm. uh, which bought all that real estate uh, from Blackstone, which now they're selling it back. It, that I mean, and then the in bank insurance. Um, all of these 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 major Chinese conglomerates they have over a hundred billion in debt and like one of them well, they've I, learned from Wall Street you know they've learned you know, I mean uh, uh, Wall Street has uh, has exported uh, this uh, kind of uh, intellectual property <laughs> which, they, which they've uh, taken taken on I mean uh, you know the the, the the math is kind of uh, uh, irrefutable right I mean uh, uh, the math is is simple and kind of you know, uh, you know, debt is cheaper uh, than than equity, uh, but debt is also, uh, you know, has a big downside. Uh, you have to pay it back, and if you don't, there are consequences. And uh, you know, people uh, people forget that. Yeah, but the, you know, my point is that the corporate the way the engineering is done. Um, uh, you know, with the uh, uh, all this debt now, uh, William. Um, you know that. You know the the share buybacks. How much of the total you know trillions of debts raised? How much has gone to share buybacks and and like dividends? Uh, do you have any handle on something like that? I mean, it's it's got to be. A, I don't know the number, but it's got to be uh, a trillion uh, or more than a trillion of the of the increase. I mean, companies have been uh, you know private equity firms have been arranging uh, for dividends to be taken out of their companies uh, using. You know, levering up and then paying themselves a big dividend. Uh, companies like GE spent fifty billion dollars buying back their own stock at a price higher than it is now, which doesn't look like a very smart decision now. But you know, maybe it looked that way at the time. Uh, so yeah, there's been stock buybacks. The private equity firms have been getting uh, doing dividend recaps. Oh. Uh, you know, as I say, it's been a big party, encouraged by the Fed. The Fed wanted there to be a big party. The Fed's role is to take the punch bowl away as the party's getting started. That's the role of the Fed. Instead, this Fed, under Ben Bernanke and Janet Yellen, uh, you know, sort of spiked the bowl, spiked the punch bowl. Yeah, they did. And that's why we love love you, William, because you're you're an old Worcester boy, but you speak the truth. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Worcester, but... Uh, that's right. You know, and... Okay. Uh, uh, that's my whole point. Is that the this has been crazy, and and I didn't. I thought GE bought forty billion dollars worth. Of, they bought fifty billion. Or something forty like, fifty. I mean, you say forty potato, fifty. I say potato. <laughs> I mean, uh, I believe it's fifty, but you know. Yeah, but but it's just a high. I mean, I I just I find it incomprehensible because I run a small business, but 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 they also they have a hundred. GE has one hundred and fifteen billion dollars worth of debt now. But that that's excluding the the pension debt, okay? The, the pension liability. Well, the under, the pension is underfunded by twenty nine billion. That's another 
$29 billion that's, you know, who knows what's left uh, on the liabilities for the long-term health care uh, insurance business <coughs> that they were in. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's $15 billion there. Uh, and then they have – actually, I think they, they have the biggest unfunded SERP uh, bill, 6 or $7 billion. And the only reason I know about it, I have some friends who are in that. And, uh, um, yep. And 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 a SERP, as you know, it's it's unsecured. It's not like a, uh, uh, it's not going to be protected by the Benef- pension benefit guarantee corporation. So that's when you really look at the aggregate debt of the of both the executive and the normal pension plans, roughly around thirty six billion. And but then you on your article, it's, but twenty billion of that debt is due within the next twelve months or something like that. Right. I mean, uh, the GE would say uh, only $15 billion of it is due in the next 12 months because they've got like some sort of $4 billion credit. But, I mean, 15, 20, there's a lot due. But, you know, uh, uh, to, uh, to, be, to be fair to uh, the new incoming yeah. uh, the GE CEO, he says we've got, you know, $39 billion worth of availability on our, on our credit facilities. So, I mean, basically, GE is is swimming slash drowning in debt, and the question is, you know, can it keep its head above water? Uh, I mean, I suspect the answer ultimately is yes, but the you know the stock market you know, continues to have its doubts about GE. Yeah. Stock continues to trade down now, just above seven dollars a share. Uh, so maybe it's all just a one huge overreaction, but. Uh, you know, that's what uh, Eddie Lampert would say, you know, was at Sears. You know, all just one big overreaction, and yet uh, then next, you know, filing for bankruptcy. Yeah, and, and the the point is, is that Mr. Lampert would be a very nice guy, but the people get really hurt. I mean, like, uh, sure. are, are they, you know, because are they going to go into liquid? He, he wants to hold, are they going to go to liquidation, do you think, or are they going to? Sears, I mean, Sears, uh, you know, Eddie's got, so many cockamamie schemes going. Um, you know, uh, I don't think yet it's going to go the way of Toys R Us because I think that Eddie uh, seems to be willing to be kind of a buyer of last resort of all sorts of uh, assets uh, from Sears. Uh, and may- maybe there's something that they can reorganize around. That remains to be seen. Too yeah. early to tell you. We're too early in the... <laughs> In the process of the Sears bankruptcy. Yeah, but there's been other ones since then. I don't know. If, do you, uh, in, in, do you know the, the uh, remember the old Papa Gino's and D'Angelo Sandwich Shops, uh, Bill? Whatever? Yes, I do. That was that was that that they just went bankrupt. Uh, mm-hmm. That was another uh, uh, change. So they're just there's bodies all over the place. Remember Friendlies? You know, of course, through, that's uh, gone bankrupt many times. <laughs> You know, and so my point is, is that uh, if you're student and you and you know if you're uh, if you're on the hook for thirty grand in uh, in debt, uh, Bill, they'll they'll chase you to the ends of the earth. But if you're Eddie Lampert or you know if you're or Bain or Vernado or KKR, it's these guys are pretty insulated. Am I correct? I mean, from you know yeah, personally, they, yeah. they they tend to to I mean that they they can lose their equity. Uh, you know, Ed, Eddie Lampert is probably uh, you know has lost. A lot of money personally pursuing this dream of Sears uh, and Kmart, because uh, 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 a lot of the money in his hedge fund is his own. So, you know, uh, smartest guy in the room uh, stuck to this, even though he probably shouldn't have. 
uh, you know, the Bains and the KKRs and, and, and other big private equity firms that uh, companies go bankrupt, like iHeartRadio, I uh, you know, they they lose a lot of equity. Uh, a lot of that equity is from their limited partners, and so, uh, you know, how much directly is lost by the partners of uh, uh, Tommy Lee or Bain or whatever, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, remains to be uh, seen. Uh, you know, I'm sure they've lost some, but they always have a way of landing on their feet. Yeah, they're, they're very <laughs> clever that way. Yeah, um, yeah, they do. Um, but uh, yeah, so we could we'll have to have lunch someday when I'm in New York, or whatever. Yeah, so I've been doing a lot of research on that. But but Bill. Uh, uh, thank you so much. You you, you said yep. you had another appointment, so we yep, wanted to keep you. keep to it, and uh, keep. Um, and how can people find out more about you, uh, William? And uh, if they if they want you to, uh, you have. Well, I have a website, uh, WilliamCohan.com. Uh, there's you know a bunch of articles and links to my books and stuff like that. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of stories and a lot of interesting reading on that website, but uh, you know. People probably have better things to do than to go there, but uh, <laughs> assuming they don't, uh, it's there for them. Well, well, well thanks uh, so much for helping uh, push back the frontiers of ignorance, uh, William. You know, and <laughs> you know, and uh, let's let's thank t- you stay for in- having me. Yeah, thank you for and let's keep in touch and have a great day. Great. Take care, Barry. God Bye-bye. bless. Bye bye. This has been The Economic Warrior with your host, Barry James Dyke. Broadcast live at WSCA Portsmouth Community Radio. Engineered by Phil Kleiger. If you have any questions about today's show or need an ally in conquering the battleground of finance, contact the warrior himself at barryjamesdyke.com. Who are the warriors?